Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm here now talking with Rob, the founder of the uh, Dublin Smartphone Film Festival. How are you doing, Rob? Not too bad. How are you getting on? Great, thank you. Tell me a bit about your background, first of all. Uh, so my background, first and foremost, uh, way back when, uh, in, the, in, the, in the Celtic Tiger times, I was a business and arts management student in Dunleary College, uh, and I was all about festival management, how to run festivals. Um, and at the time that I was studying it, business was booming in the festival industry. Uh, the arts was getting a ton of money from the government. And by the, that was when I went into the course. Yeah. And when I came out of the course four years later, the Celtic Tiger collapsed. And the first thing to get pulled from funding was arts. So there was yeah. no money in the arts, so the festivals all dried up. Uh, so for um, a couple of years, I wandered the earth, uh, working at random festivals. Yeah. For hires, the St. Patrick's Day Festival. I helped at the Spree Festival. There was a Dunbrody Arts Festival in uh, Wexford. And then um, a bit in Canada and things like that. And then um, I always had an interest in film. I yeah. used to write about film. I still do. Um, and I wanted to study filmmaking. So I went and studied filmmaking a couple of years ago. And within the first 20 minutes of my first day, I realized that I wanted to run a festival. I wanted to be involved in um, festival management. Uh, and I didn't quite understand the way I was being taught film. I thought yeah. I was being taught film for the way I was being taught film at the time, which was great. Just to me, it didn't really reflect the fact that everyone was walking around with 4K cameras in their yeah. pocket. They had the ability to write, shoot, edit, market, score, distribute themselves. Yeah. Um, so I became kind of more interested in the sort of DIY element of it and that drew me to phones yeah. and it drew me to making films on my phones and then brought me to the festival because I was looking for a way to start a festival and I thought the festival market was kind of saturated but no one was doing phones and I kind of opened Pandora's box I did it at just the right time and it really took off on a global scale um, and it garnered a lot of interest very quickly So about the festival is it, it's on when is it on next year? It's on year? the 25th of January and where's the venue? Uh, Teeling's Whiskey Distillery. Yeah. It's my very unique venue for uh, very Irish of me to have a festival in a distillery. No, I was looking for a unique kind of venue that was sort of different to what other festivals were doing. Yeah. So I kind of looked at what they were doing and went the opposite direction. So I've uh, partnered with Teeling's this year um, and they've sponsored the venue. So it's going to be there. It's an incredible venue to have uh, anything in. Yeah. I don't know if you've been in it. It's an incredible venue to have anything in, let alone a lot of film festival. But it's yeah. just... It's like a cross between Harry Potter and Game of Thrones. Well, to me, it's like someone said to me before that a great movie never started with, with a salad, it all started with a, with a, with a drink, great source of yeah. the drink. So, that's yeah, what, yeah. so I yeah. can see where that's going from. Yeah, and, and it is. And, and the idea behind it is, is that you kind of want to go to the venue regardless. Yeah. So I'm quite lucky. The first, the last two years of sold out, I mean, last year was kind of insane. People were trying to scalp tickets for it. Yeah. Uh, which is, for me, is kind of weird for a film festival, but they were trying to scalp tickets for it because they just wanted to get in to see what content and what movies people were making. Um, and we try to showcase it in a way that it's kind of the best of the international and national. Yeah. So when you go, you, the idea is that you walk away thinking I didn't know you could do that on your phone yeah. and it takes it from there Like, because I guess over the years phones have, have come along leaps and bounds yeah it's, it's, a, it's a lot different from when I started I started this maybe four years ago Yeah, and yeah I mean sooner or later I, it, my festival will become redundant because everyone will just be shooting stuff on their phones yeah. the quality is getting so good but at the moment there's still a kind of a sweet spot in between where yeah. you can still sort of divide people's expectations and they can walk away and kind of go oh my god I didn't realise you could do that on a phone that will eventually end 
Um, but for the time being, um, and it's great. And what I like about it is, is there's a DIY element to it that I love, and it's accessible. And that's one of the reasons I loved it. I sometimes find something I talk about a lot is that case in point when I was in college studying yeah. I had very little money and I saved up all the money I could to get my hands on a camera and it was yeah. a great camera it was a Canon 750D and I thought this is it my film's going to be brilliant and then somebody walked in and they had spent two grand on a camera and collectively everyone's heads dropped because they were yeah. like oh their camera's good so yeah. by default their film is good and I found that there was a lot of that when I started I found there was a lot of people looking at technology and equating technology to um, like to a high standard yeah. and saying if my camera's really good my film was great it's like no your camera's really good but if your story's crap and your audio's yeah. crap you're just going to have really good looking crap Yeah. so really what it comes down to is story and audio I mean and as they always say you can you can you can fake bad visuals you can say oh it was my artistic choice or whatever but you can't fake bad audio Yeah. it pulls the audience right out and um, that's where phones come in in the sense that there's another thing people, you know, that old thing where people say, oh, everyone's got one good book in them. Yeah. And they say, well, everyone might have an idea for a film, but if you were handed a camera, you might say, oh, you know, I don't have to learn a camera. I don't understand how it works. But you're very, very comfortable with your phone. Yeah. You're comfortable with it. Society's comfortable with it. You can shoot on the street. You can walk down the street. People are used to it. Um, so it's far more accessible and it kind of becomes less of a barrier to entry into that world yeah. now if you want to learn more about it after that go for it but if I told you to make a phone on your film or make a phone on a camera you'd probably more likely pick up your phone because you understand because yeah, if you're going somewhere and you got a you got a film camera if you're going to notice it and you're going to go stop whereas if you got a phone you can walk away people will actually know what, you, what, knows what you're doing and they won't get a big crowd blocking you or, or getting in just what you're doing you can do you can film regardless of that which is great yeah I remember there was a there was a documentary for RT a couple of years back about collectors yeah I don't know if you remember it and there was a woman who collected Coca-Cola memorabilia and they shot it was all shot on an iPhone 6 I yeah. apologize that's the wrong phone uh, and they shot a portion of it in Times Square in America and I remember the director was talking and she was saying that if she had have done that on a, a camera she would have had to sign releases and whatever and go she popped her phone in her bag yeah. showed up in Times Square filmed all these sequences got back on the plane flew home yeah. and that was shown on national broadcast yeah. television um, so, and, and what you'll find is that when you're shooting on the street people are less likely to come up and kind of stand around there's yeah. not a big hoopla about it how long that'll last I don't know I'm sure laws will kick in eventually uh, where you won't be allowed to do this and you won't be allowed to do that I mean I was filming yesterday in Blanchardstown Shopping Centre for one of our festival sponsors yeah. Air Mobile and I got cop security pulled me aside to ask me what I was doing and I just had my phone out like this yeah. and they wanted to know what I was doing and um, so maybe people will start cracking down on that sort of stuff yeah because I, I I've done the past few podcasts in the venue and I was told uh, you're not allowed to actually do the podcast here and if you do could you mention the name of the venue the podcast that's yeah and that's, then I've said, I've said okay it's fine and I said after that I'm not going to do it there again that's funny because it's, it's audio so when people listen to it they're not going to really know where it was filmed, yeah. so why you would need where it was recorded so why you'd need the venue to be name checked seems strange but I mean one of the films that came into the festival in the first year they filmed sequences of on a flight between Miami and Cuba or something yeah. and they'd stuck the phone in different places yeah. and it was very clever but you couldn't do that you couldn't take a camera out on a, on a Ryan Air flight and start no. videotaping things because people would think but you know you get away with it on your phone and yeah. if you're clever about it and you plan ahead so I like that aspect to it I love that kind of idea that anyone can be a filmmaker you know and there's and it's accessible and that's what I like about it and you can edit and you can you can teach yourself everything on one device yeah 
And if you want to take it further than that, by all means. And but that's what I really, really enjoy about it. Yeah, I'm thinking Hitchcock confused making movies today when he'd be starting off on, a, on, on that. Because I remember a few back years ago, had someone had a handheld camera. And if he was doing today, he'd probably use the smartphone. And so well, this, this is one of the things that when someone's, I, I read on Facebook somewhere and I, I took it and used it in my uh, classes and things like that, which was basically like, if you give me a camera and you give Steven Spielberg a phone, which film do you think would be better? Because it's down to how you yeah. wield the device, not how good the camera is and the quality is. Yeah. Clever you are with your storytelling and how much you understand. And they've got limitations. Yeah. They, they definitely do. But the trade-off is you get more freedom. It's easier. It's faster. Yeah. You know. And you, and there's 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 and it, it's that's what I love about it. And what I love about teaching people it is that they're like, oh my god, I didn't realize I could do that. You know what I mean? And it's kind of putting the power in their own hands yeah. to be able to do it. And what the festival does then is the festival is kind of the creme de la creme yeah. of what's going on, and it showcases to people this is what you can do. Now going. Like imagine a psycho. With his, with his <laughs> or, or Jaws yeah, yeah. on a smartphone that can be easily done and I'd like to see some of you right now trying a parody or make a copy of a, of a comic movie scene and doing smart and, and show what can be done exactly and you do you get a lot of, and one of the things I really I'm, I'm, it could be more of a submission festival but what I'd love to see is like musicals full on dance musicals showing yeah. phones because I always think about like oh, where you could place the phone the kind of angles you could get some some sort of action movie shot on the phone I mean it, it could be a case I just haven't seen it yet and it, but in terms of what's coming through the festival I'd love to see that sort of stuff because there's a real inventive use of what you can do it's so small I mean you want an interesting angle take the phone to your wheel of your car and drive forward and it'll spin yeah. I mean you can do all these kind of little kind of cool interesting things with some sticky tape and and and, and and your imagination and that's what I really really like yeah. about it there's a band called Finish, Finish Trouble that are American I mean, don't you know them no. they kind of do kind of Sambies rock with a with a vibe of James Brown the yeah. singer is it's a James Brown look like sound like him in a way and dance like him and uh, when the first few videos they did it on an iPhone force they filmed it well that's the thing and, and, and I remember a long time ago um, because I still produce and make content yeah. and, I, and, and I shoot for a number of different things and I teach as well so I remember I, I, had a, I, I met with a band yeah. um, and the band hadn't had an album yet and they really wanted to they were a rock band and they really wanted to make their first music video yeah. the, 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 the size of the video that they pitched was like two or three day shoot they had a plantation they wanted dogs they had all this stuff and it was going to cost them a lot of money and I kept thinking to myself take that money like they were they were talking about making a music video for MTV yeah. from the 90s which makes perfect sense yeah. MTV in the 90s but I thought it was way better to take the money you're going to spend make 10 very very creative low budget yeah. things using your phone take the phone inside your guitars and stuff like that and you come up with something that's visually inventive that doesn't cost you money similar to what say okay you know okay go yeah. when they jump on the treadmills and stuff like yeah. that their early videos were kind of inexpensive but they were clever I still remember Radiohead's Karma Police it was just a guy running down the road being yeah. chased by a car but it's, it's, it's you're better off coming up with something inventive and it's also where your audience are going to watch it and they, these guys in particular were looking at a music video from the 90s that would be watched on MTV and I don't know if people watch music videos on MTV anymore yeah. but I thought it would be easier to make something low budget and clever that would have more traction and if it doesn't that other nine videos that you can make using your phone for the same budget you might land yeah well to me I'm thinking basically see a thunderstruck begin the video you've hanged mm-hmm. young and you're playing guitar all you got is, is, is the, the camera focusing on his guitar yeah. and up and down the fretboard the guitar and then it comes in on the whole band and all the normally videos are just them a live uh, 
doing a video of, of, of a song live. So I'm thinking, you got that with a smartphone, you can get someone doing that, and just zoom in on the guitar player, cue player, whatever it is in the band, zoom in on that, and then zoom in, and you can use that smartphone and see all the bands. And it costs you next nothing to do that. Exactly. And then it's also a lot to do with into how audiences are consuming things as well. Audiences are consuming content quicker. So, I mean, there's more value to you to make something inventive. Yeah. And if it doesn't have to make something else inventive and keep it. And, you know, there's so much creativity with no, uh, with no money. Yeah. I'm not saying, I mean, if you have money and you want to use your phone as a filmmaking device, go for it. Um, but what I loved about it is, 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 is this idea that anyone could do it if you wanted to. It was, a, it was an entry point yeah. to something. Well, I did my heartbreak sometimes. I don't weigh in on, on Facebook comments and things like that. But I think it was last year, a girl uh, left a message on a message board somewhere. I can't remember what it was. And she was, she was Irish. And she was saying that she had no money and she had a script and she wanted to make a story. And did she think it was okay if she shot it on her phone? And all these people weighed in saying, yeah, yeah, but you'll never be taken seriously as a filmmaker. You'll only get into this. You'll only get into that. And it just broke my heart because they were missing the point is that but I'm she thinking, wanted to tell a story yeah but like with Spielberg and his small Hannah held that camera yeah. what he did with that sort of that and also when he was making Jaws because he didn't know how reliable the shot was going to be he to make a movie without the shark till the very yeah, end yeah, and, and, and when you when you when you again because probably lack of budget had him right now it was CGI to do shark but back then it wasn't so his idea was to do the suspense but that's what we do We'll add in the music as a, as a to bring in a certain time, and that adds into the suspense. And then now and again, you know, see so thin the water, but he won't actually see a proper shark. So it could be somebody underwater in, in scuba gear with a fin attached his back doing that. But you won't know until the very end. But that's a prime example of of, of being creative with, yeah. with limited budget. They had no money, and or the, the shark they built didn't work, and they were like, "What are we going to do? Yeah. Let's do it this way." And you combine really good sound with you know, and and your imagination doesn't thank you. And then the, the very end of the movie, the man that got the shark working, and that was and it worked just as so he didn't want it to work. The one shot where he, he one shot everything yeah. else in the movie that, that wasn't important by Serena because you, if you don't know what you what you look, what you're looking for. Yeah, it's suspense. You're thinking, what? How is it? What's the shot going to be Where like? Where is he? Yeah, yeah. Where is he? How big yeah. is he? And you're thinking, is it going to be come one of those movies where this shark was was near a radiation dump and suddenly he grew to twenty feet tall, yeah. or whatever? You don't know what it's going to be, and that makes you thinking, what's going to well, be what, like? What's in store for? And you're kind of yeah. until the end trying to figure out. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and what's funny about that and those stories is that if you if you any major interview with any established director would say you just need to kind of go out and make stuff yeah. they always say the best camera is the camera you have in your pocket I don't necessarily know if that's the best but if it's the most successful one and if it's the one that's going to inspire you to go out and make something make something because like if you want to make something it's there to do it do you yeah. know? And, 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 and you should do it like I don't think you, if you want to make something you should sit around and go well I, uh, I really want to make a film but I need to save up 25 grand to buy a really good camera to do yeah. it no and we were talking earlier on before we started about kind of learning from mistakes and things like that Best way to learn is to get out there and do it. And remember if it doesn't Kubrick, work out. Yeah, I remember years ago Kubrick started off just doing still photography, and he, he got a good camera. But he was so good at that, his head to him. He was told next live stages, you why not get into movies? And yeah. he did that. And basically, he, he, he was lucky. But again, he's another great a, a great guy. He started off with just a camera, and that was it. And then he moved up, moved on. Oh, which I was, I was watching The Shining recently, and they were saying. Uh, 
the, you know the elevator scene yeah. with the blood it was like well he, he got that in only three takes so yeah. he's notorious for his hundred takes got that in three takes but it took nine days to set up yeah. each take it's like well <laughs> yeah but again something like that if you look at him and whenever you see the movies he's iconic and he's got something that when he watches the movies you know it's Kubrick you know it's Spielberg yeah. or Hitchcock because there's something in them like Hitchcock is always the cameo scene he always, always appears somewhere always, in the scene yeah something to kind of tie them back and it was great and uh, listen, first and foremost, I'm a massive fan of film and I really like storytelling and this is just another way yeah. to tell a story and it just happens to be an accessible way to tell a story. And a lot of people, I've, I've gotten pushback from people saying that, uh, you know, me helping this sort of stuff and teaching people kind of dilutes the industry because it's like, well, everyone has a phone and now everyone and the quality is whatever and that, and that really stems into the marketing side of it. Degree, like I don't. It's art. I don't think anyone should be. I don't think there's any, someone should police creativity. Like you said, you said everyone's creativity. got a book of them. Now, my view, everyone's got a book. The problem is, will it get published? And now they can publish. The thing is, they can publish it on Kindle or something like that. But will it sell? Exactly. So and you, I mean, like everyone's got. It's the same with that. And the other thing I will say is, there's a huge. There's a, there was an attitude with smartphone filmmaking where people assume that because it's on a phone you just pick it up and you shoot and you get some random crap that doesn't make sense and I say what we show at the festival there's a huge difference between someone who understands filmmaking and uses a phone yeah. to the filmmaking device and somebody who just picks up their phone and, yeah. and ge- generally with the judging process before the event we try to weed out those kind of things where it's like unless it's a clever inventive thing but we're, we're looking for filmmakers you know, yeah. who just happen to use a phone as a device so it's really kind of trying to smash that myth of oh I picked up my phone and I'm a filmmaker it's like no I mean I remember I read a comment which made me laugh uh, do you remember Tangerine? Yeah. Yeah, so Tangerine was, what, 2015? Is that I can't remember. 2016, Sundance winner. And um, it was shot on, I can't remember what phone it was shot on. It was a six, was it? And um, uh, somebody left a comment somewhere that said, little known fact about Tangerine, guys, as if he'd had his, you know, yeah. figures. They actually used lighting and planned their shots as if it was this startling revelation yeah. that, and I was like of course they did it they're filmmakers yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's what they do that's what you have to do to tell a story you don't just run out willy nilly it's not like they ran around the streets just shooting random stuff yeah. on the street like, do you know what I mean? they planned it all out they worked out the lighting they worked out positions you know so um, I just think that now that was a couple of years back and I, I definitely think there's a big change since when I started this to now yeah. in terms of your attitude towards it but when I started, it was it was relatively rough in terms of people's attitudes. But you're starting to see it kind of chip away. There's an argument to say that I'm in my own little bubble and I'm interacting with people in that bubble, and I yeah. don't know what the no. But I think too, like, like, like Sopranos, for example, that's a show because it's basically character-driven more than anything else. Not much in a way of action stunts. But this show you can easily film on a, on a smartphone, no problem at all, exactly. tablet, because it's got that. And same with maybe the Godfather because you don't, there's not much in there. You can film that and you can get close-ups very easily and have ten cameras in the room getting different angles. Whereas if you've got an Arnie movie, it's harder to do because you've got to add in the underwater CGI and everything else. But uh, you'll find that, like, like I was, I, I had a class there a couple of weeks back and there was a guy from a uh, cinematographer, a uh, freelance cinematographer who just finished a sitcom that had been picked up for the BBC that he'd shot on a phone. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because we were going through some of the apps and stuff they'd use and he didn't even use those apps. Yeah. And, I, and, and he just used his phone and he yeah. was like, oh, I didn't even know you could do that. He didn't know you could control yeah. your exposure and your contrast and stuff like that. And he was like, no, I just did it. And that got picked up by BBC. So, like, and you know yourself from a journalism background that we, for a long time, audiences have been exposed to stuff and not realised it. Like, a lot of pitch side commentary and stuff for Premier League, I thought yeah. it was shot on phones and then it was intercut with the studio back yeah. and forth and you wouldn't even notice. Do you know what I mean? So, um, 
Yeah, I think it's 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 sort of becoming a moot point almost at this stage. Um, it's really just you're almost fighting an attitude that is slowly being eroded away. Yeah, uh, I think YouTube has made us more realize of what's available, and you get a lot of because that's made more accessible. Also, you're getting certain websites now that are taking fan foot like Twitter. If you're at live events, they're filming live on Twitter. And the next thing you know. Say for example of what's going on in, in, in Hong Kong at the moment. You can film that live on the smartphone. Next thing you know, it's been broadcast around the world on 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 a like Irish Times might have a video clip of one of the journalists at the event filming this, or it'll be on RT News somewhere. I love, love, love fan footage, which is harder to uh, harder to actually replicate and 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 cheat with. Like you can't film something and then suddenly you add in thing in the background because it's a smartphone. You can't really add in and, and decrease the amount of followers and and an event. Yeah, unless, unless you've worked into the world of like live, where you're shooting on multiple phones yeah. live, and then you can change the backgrounds, green screen, stuff like that. But like I, um, the uh, it's it's just it's it's a funny world. Like even I was meant to say about vertical and horizontal yeah. and how you hold your phone. Like I remember when I started, everyone was like, "Oh, like film is ver- film is um, is horizontal. Your eye is horizontal." Yeah. You know, you, you, TV's horizontal. This is the way you see yeah. it. And then I was like, well, no. I mean, if your audience is ninety-four percent of your audience is consuming stuff on their phone, and you want to shoot something vertically, shoot it vertically. I've if always that, done that. Yeah, if that's the way your storytelling is, I mean, yeah. it just has to fit with how your audience is consuming yeah. it. And so much of your audience is now consuming video vertically. That you know, if that's what your storytelling dictates, and do yeah. that. I mean, in China, they have these vertical dramas that they shoot for Instagram TV, and they're five to ten minute long. Uh, TV shows and yeah. they're five minutes long because our attention spans are so crap yeah. and uh, they uh, but they're all edited in split screens and things like yeah. that to kind of take advantage of an narrow frame but I mean it's really what your audience dictates now and how your audience is consuming it and as you said they're consuming things on YouTube they're consuming things on this which means that they're far more likely to accept a specific type of yeah. image they're seeing and really in the end of the day you should just be making something for your audience and what your audience wants yeah. before, uh, before we finish up just yeah. tell me a bit of it the speakers at the conference and where you can get tickets so uh, tickets aren't on sale yet they will be on sale through our website and through Eventbrite uh, just at the, once the judging process is done so they go on sale just after Christmas yeah. on the 27th of December uh, in terms of the event itself uh, we have uh, Biotech Ireland and Manfrotto are there they'll be doing a gimbal uh, workshop yeah. uh, we have a workshop done by uh, one of our colleagues uh, he'll be coming in to teach a, a sort of a mobile documentary yeah. workshop and then the event itself is in Teams Whiskey Distillery and that kicks off at 7pm yeah. and it's there's a networking event afterwards um, and it's basically a showcase for films around the world we give away prizes we have stuff like that and um, we'll be showing about I don't know 45 movies I think yeah. from around the world uh, including a number there's been a significant increase in homegrown talent so there'll be a lot of Irish films coming through as well Right. and um, so tickets will be on sale on the 27th December through our website at DublinSmartphoneFilmFestival.com Alright thanks very much for that Rob have Thank a great day Thank you very much Thanks